Well, welcome to the Speak With People podcast. My name is Jason Rates. I'll be your host on today's episode. As you know, this podcast exists because we believe healthy communication is oxygen for our relationships and our leadership. And so whether you communicate one-on-one, on a team, from a stage, or from behind a screen, we really hope this podcast encourages you and, yes, challenges you to choose the healthy way as you communicate. We know when you do, your world will be better and it will help improve the world around you. Well, today we are diving in to a just a really helpful topic, especially if you work for organizations and companies and you've got to figure out how to collaborate and you've got to figure out how to communicate across the teams and across different departments and staff members. And so we're going to ask questions like, why is collaboration so important? And how do you communicate across multiple teams? And what are some of the skills that we can do and use? Is it possible to support someone's idea if you don't think it's the right way to go? How do you, how do you communicate those kind of things? Should you or do you, you know, at times give up your positions? Uh, when do you disagree? When do you just move on? When you bring someone new on the team, how do you make sure that they're in the loop with communication? And then what if we don't feel the environment or the culture is a safe place to ask questions or really share our opinion? Ooh, we're diving into uh, all this. It's a lot, but we're going we're gonna to tackle this in this great conversation today. And we're joined by a leader who I have just admired for many, 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 many years. His books, uh, including, I think, one of the best books I've ever read, Hero Maker. I don't have the cover on it because I'm a weird guy like that. Uh, his books have been huge in my life, his leadership from afar. and so. We are so excited to have Dave Ferguson on the podcast. Dave, welcome. Hey, Jason. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Absolutely. Well, Dave, could you just, before we head into this conversation, could you kind of give us a little bit into your story, who you are, what you do, your family, all that kind of stuff? Sure. Um, I wear kind of multiple hats. Um, one of them, and I'll, I'll start with why, the hats, and then I'll talk about family. Um, I lead a church, a community Christian church in Chicago. Uh, that myself, my brother John's friends from college started, and um, I think in you kind of I think we call it one church with multiple expressions. Mm. Um, I, that's one of the things that kind of transitioned during COVID. We do definitely have multiple locations, so we have community locations. But in addition to that, too, we also have what we call community freedom. So we're starting uh, new churches and locations in prisons for the two million currently wow. incarcerated people um, across the country. Wow. We also community online. We've leaned in a lot to what's happening digital and very excited about that. And also a fourth expression is community micro churches. And we have about, uh, about 30 of those and wow. uh, somewhere close to 800 folks that are part of those both locally and globally. And that's just a weird thing that maybe is another podcast another time, but it's fun. <laughs> um, we also lead new thing, which is international church planning network. And we helped plant almost, uh, well, over 9,000 churches last year in 47 countries. And I'm uh, the interim CEO, uh, a founder, but interim CEO for Exponential. And we convene church planners. And wow. we've also started parts of Exponential in Europe and Australia, and then also in Daniel. So yeah, that's, that's fun. And I, like you said, I get to write books there occasionally. Um, <laughs> but the most impressive thing, I think, is if you got to meet my family, uh, mm. soon celebrate our anniversary. We were down there, eh, not near you, but we were in Florida. We were down <laughs> in Fort Lauderdale for our anniversary. Oh, yeah. I have a daughter, Amy, who is a social worker and lives in the city. And when you live in Chicago, you just say the city. And <laughs> she lives. And then Josh, my son, is out in D.C., uh, working for a, the city there. And, um, and I have a son, Caleb, who's 
back in Michigan where you were for a number of years. And he's actually uh, on staff at Calvin University and part-time coaching, which is his real, his real passion. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, you're such a good storyteller online. <clears throat> I remember following your family. And I, I've always loved sports, but everyone, I, I'd see your cross-country posts. And I was like, I, I had just I never really thought too much about cross-country. And then seeing all your posts, I'm like, cross-country, all right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. I mean, when the boys started running, it kind of got all of us into it. And uh, they, they did really, really well. And actually turned out my daughter, who said she would never run, said, you know, she'll go and cheer, but would never run. She's run both the Chicago and the New York Marathon and uh, has ambitions to do all the majors. So it's, yeah, it's kind of, we've kind of gotten the bug. Wow. That's amazing. Well, Dave, we wanted to talk with you on this topic just because we have such an admiration for, you know, how you've led for so long, same organization, you know, across different teams. And so can you like, as we kind of kick off this conversation, just kind of take us into why collaboration is so important for teams and organizations to really embrace. I mean, a few things come to mind. One is I think the genius that we're looking for is not in the individual. It's in the community. Mm. And I think, um, you know, we, li we live in a, in, a, in a Western context which continually celebrates the individual. Um, and certainly, yeah, the, in the individual is the Imago Day. But there's, but there's something, there's something uh, different that happens when we come together as a community. I mean, even Jesus, he said, you know, where two or more come together in my name, there I am in their presence. So there's something unique that happens when we come, kind of come together. Wow. Uh, I would even suggest, you know, theologically, that you have what we call the, the Great Commission, which is you're supposed to go. And then we have the great commandment we are supposed to love. And mm. I think churches have put a lot of emphasis in that. And I think church leaders in particular, I know we're talking a broader audience than that, but that's kind of my niche in the world. And put a lot of emphasis in going and loving. But I think the thing that we've, we have missed is that is a, if you think, imagine like a Venn diagram, you got the first circle is to go, the great commission. The second circle is um, to love, right? The great commandment. I think there's a third circle where they all three in that Venn diagram intersect. And I would say that's, the great collaboration. Huh. Jesus last, the last thing Jesus said his prayer was that they would be one. And it was, wow. it was a, it was a call for collaboration. And it wasn't just a, like a hold hands, kumbaya, let's feel good. Let's nice. Let's have a group hug. It was the whole prayer was around mission so that they will know. Yep. And I, one of the key things in the mission of the church that's missing is we might be doing a good job trying to go and trying to love, but we're not doing it together. And so, um, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of, of collaboration, uh, both in strategic decision-making, um, and also, and we could go there for some time if you want in creative content. I right. think that's where particularly pastors and I, I but I wouldn't even say beyond that, because if you're, if you're an executive or a CEO, you're regularly communicating and to think you're going to hold yourself up all by yourself in an office and come up with the just right thing to, right. To, is just I mean, one is, I think, naive uh, at best and probably arrogant at worst. Yep. Well, you hit something so incredibly profound because I, I don't know if, it's, if, it, if it happens over time or with the more leadership you get to or if you have to, you know, try and struggle and struggle and then you hit maybe a failure point and you realize, wait a minute, the genius is in community. It's not just myself. But it, it's so hard sometimes, you know, I'm a story brand nut, 
you read Donald Miller's story brand, yep. you know, so many organizations, so many leaders make themselves the hero, but yep. how can we be the guide? How can we collaborate in such a way? It's just so powerful. And to be able to embrace that is just, uh, yeah, is just incredible. What are some characteristics, you know, as you think about it, some traits of, you know, healthy collaboration amongst teams in a, in a church or a company or an organization? Uh, I, th I think a few things come together if you're talking about kind of what are, what are teams that collaborate. I, I, I would say one is I think there's I think there's a commitment to the mission more than their individual agenda. Hmm. So, for example, like a community Christian church, um, we have a lead team. And when those six folks come together, I mean, each of them are responsible for different parts of the organization. And and they and you can't help it. You bring you kind of bring biases and yep. certain things. But when you step into that room, there has to be acknowledgement of the team. Our mission at community is to help people find their way back to God. Hmm. That that is that's the mission. Okay. I understand that you represent the different ministries. I understand that you have a heart for moms. I understand that um, you represent this particular location or all those kinds of things. But when you step into that room and we're working together to make strategic decisions, your commitment, I think the first thing is your commitments to your mission and not your own agenda. Hmm. I think the other thing too that has to happen in these, in these teams that collaborate in healthy ways is I think there's also a commitment to each other hmm. more than yourself. And I think that speaks a little bit to what you were talking about too, that, that you want this team, okay, to really be the hero and and not and and not me and there does and it, it's again kind of back to that that the genius is in the community, and that there's a real genuine commitment to that. Um, let me give you a couple others that came that kind of come to mind. I think I think thirdly I'd say that I think there's also a commitment to trust, mm. and 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 to send back skepticism. Yeah, the whole. I mean. Again, when you step into that room with with a leadership team, and I think this is true in, in a corporate situation or a church situation, I think you have to assume the best. Ooh. You're gonna when you're gonna bring those people in the room, you have to assume the best. If you do anything other than that, it is it is gonna dramatically, and I mean you're the expert on this, hinder healthy communication. But it, and if you hinder healthy communication in that kind of environment, because you're not assuming the best, collaboration is impossible. Mm. And so we 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 talk about that out loud a lot. Yeah, uh, wow, that's so good. Do that. Um, maybe one more, and maybe I, you, we can debate this one or not. I think there also has to be a commitment to outcomes and not just the process or not just the plan. And and so one of the things that we're going after right now at community is a is a and it's a real strong emphasis on discipleship, and we're doing something called U plus. We said. Jesus and John 10 said, hey, you, I've given you life and life more abundant. So huh. you can either have the Jason life and we just depend on Jason and let your heart lead you to wherever you want. Yeah, you have a life. Or you can have life more abundant. Wow, that's good. And we call that U plus. Huh. One of the things we want to do and, and, and is we're actually have a commitment to having 7,000 individual U plus conversations so that we're actually sitting down um, there's some pre-work that individuals do, and after doing the pre-work, they have put down some ideas, but they have a discipleship company where they actually write a plan. Here's my U-plus plan mm -hmm. for this year, and they set three goals in different areas, and through technology, they were able to kind of keep them up to date on, hey, how you doing? Not weird cult-like, but actually, hey, you, 
you created these goals. And if you want, we will gladly keep you up to speed on how you're doing and ask to remind you about it. So anyway, I say all that is I think the commitment to that outcome of 7,000 U plus conversations right. is more important than the, the plan we created to, even to get there. And we may have to change the plan because some people, you know, you'll be like, hey, no, we said we were going to do this. Well, I know we said this, but the outcome is what we're really going after. Right. So if I have a team that has those things, a commitment to mission, a commitment to each other, a commitment to trust and assuming the best and a commitment to outcomes, I'm telling you, you can be unstoppable. And that, and, and that, that will create a healthy collaboration. Absolutely. Wow. Wait. Wow, that's, boy, that's good stuff. That's powerful. I was thinking about, you know, my early years, you know, especially in ministry, you know, as a youth pastor for many, many years, and I got into the rut as a young leader. You know, I could not see the the organization from the 30,000 foot view. You know, I could only see it from my perspective. And you just nailed it with, you know, especially that lead team, having people who can see it from, you know, that larger point of view. So, you know, we don't come in with our own agendas. I guess longevity is is probably pretty important to build that trust. Has your lead team been together a while? Has there been people that have come and gone? Or how, how do you kind of keep that lead team healthy and together? Um, our, our current lead team, actually two of the number two of the members are brand new. They uh, actually just started in the last last two months. The other four have been around for yeah a, a number of years. Um, I I think one of the things is saying certain things, just saying certain things out loud and reminding yourself of who you want to be. And like, mm. and I think you kind of resonate with this. Just saying it out loud. No, we're going to assume the best of each other. Yeah, like that's value. That's one thing. And some of the stuff we actually uh, we we worked with um, uh, the table group at Lincioni. Oh yeah, that. And uh, so we got some of that from them, and that was helpful. The other thing to, to remind everybody that we'll say, too, is like, no, this is your first team. Mm. So everybody else on that lead team, they lead other teams. But when they come into that room, they're actually, they're not, they're not representing just like all these locations right. or, or, or creative and trying to champion, you know, I need more money for my thing. Or, you know, whatever it is, whatever their de- kind of department is. No, this, the lead team is their first team. We're leading this whole thing together. And so that, and that way you're focused on the mission. You're focused on your OKRs. You're focused on your outcomes, that kind of stuff. Hey, this is your first team. So I think in some ways by saying those things out loud, that's been a, that's kind of helped, I think, remind us of who we, who we want to be. And in many ways, um, where longevity can have its benefits, um, I think that actually kind of on ramps, particularly like these, like these two, the two people we got, I mean, Ted and Leanne, I mean, they're, they're, they're crushing it. And mm. I think part of, they've been on the team for a little, the, the church staff for a while, but they're brand new to the lead team. And I think some of that's helped. Wow. So with multiple campuses and now you're talking, you know, multiple expressions, all of those kind of things, are there any key internal systems or, you know, key internal processes that you're like, okay, we've got to have these in check to make sure you know, we are communicating because I mean, in many organizations, you know, there's a chain of command of communication. And then in some, there's just kind of like a wild, wild west, you know, is there anything that you, you know, you guys like employ to make sure your people are in the know and, you know, ready to kind of move forward together? Yeah. Well, and let's, let's be honest, Jason, too. I mean, I'll give you a few thoughts, but everything sounds better, you know, on a podcast, but it's not in real life. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm thinking about some of my staff listening. They're going like, well, that's what Dave wants. 
Sure. So, but here's what I went. Yeah, what we want, what, and so part of the intention, like, and actually maybe this set this up. So if there is like the three hats that I primarily wear are community, the church of Chicago, new thing, this church planning network, and then exponential, which convenes church planners and conferencing. Um, the only common denominator really in those three are, are probably in some ways are, are me and some of the people. Those are actually three separate organizations. Mm. So right. if we kind of, I'll just take community, for example, or we could talk about any of them, but like a community, the, the church there, um, we have someone who oversees our, what we call our expressions team. And our expressions are the four different expressions of church, which includes those things like location, community freedom, community online, then also micro. But they'll have an expression team meeting where that whole team from the variety of expressions, they get together, which includes all the community pastors, the community freedom director, community online director, and also the micro church director, so that they are communicating and collaborating and in sync together. Does that make oh, sense? Wow. Yeah. Wow. It, Absolutely. You're, you kind of have your, if you org it out, you do have, you have your, your, your silos, then you have your lateral processes. So these are yeah. kind of lateral processes. Same thing with our champions. We call them champions. So the champions are those folks that are um, probably the best at any of our ministries. So we have a champion at adult ministry, a hmm. champion at worship, a champion in students and kids. That. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so we have yeah. a ch champions all those areas. And so while all of our locations and ex some expressions will have each of those people, we have one person who represents all of them and really um, is constantly making sure there's communication between all of them and also sharing best, best, best practices. And yep. so there's also champions team meeting that they all come together. Wow. Um, and the same thing with our creative content. And we actually wrote a book back in the day on this one called The Big Idea. Right. And so we have one big idea that we teach at every expression, every location, every week. Um, and it's our creative team that they all come uh, to create this content um, on, a, on, a, on a more than even weekly basis, regular basis. Wow. So there is, there's, again, you kind of, again, maybe for yep. people that come into org charts, and I love that kind of stuff. I mean, yeah. you do have a north-south silos, but these are more like lateral processes, and those do help make sure there's collaboration across everything so things don't get siloed and there is, commu and there is communication. Yeah. Oh, and that's, it's just so, it's just, I found so important to be able to be able to communicate those and have those items in place because depending on where you are in the org chart, you know, you can, you know, feel left out or feel out of the loop pretty quick, you know, if there aren't those systems there. So let's, let's turn the corner just a second. So one of the questions we get asked a lot uh, at Speak With People, especially from folks working in, you know, organizations with what they would say some unhealthy communication. What if, you know, I, like, I, I don't, I don't agree with the direction of where my leadership is going. Like, do, would you give any advice or steps on how to communicate that or, you know, be able to express that if, if you fall in that category? Okay. Um, yeah, I think this is a great question. And I'm going to, uh, we can maybe next go if it's an unhealthy, unhealthy culture, but let's assume it's a healthy culture. Is that okay? Yeah. It's a healthy culture and you're not sure. You, I mean, you, you, you're convinced this is a bad idea. It's not the direction we got to go. What do I do? Um, in a healthy culture, I think a healthy leader would want to hear from you and they would encourage vigorous sure. debate. Yep. Yep. Uh, and, and, you know, and, and even a healthy kind of conflict, and some people aren't comfortable with it, is a, is a, is a very, very good thing. But 
at, at the end of the day, after you've had your say and you've been heard, yep. I think at that point, then it goes back to our original premise. You have to trust the group more than yourself. Yeah. And again, um, I think because the genius is in the, in the community and yes, you should speak up because I mean, that's part of why they hired you. They want, they, if in a healthy organization, they want to hear from you and you might be right. Right. And it change the course of things. Right. On the other hand, they may decide, no, we don't think so. And um, in that case, I think in a healthy organization, after the vigorous debate and you've been heard, then you trust the group more than yourself and you get on, you get fully on board is what yeah. I would say. Yeah. So then, you know, switching to the unhealthy, you know, culture, yeah. then, you know, going from that, what, what advice would you give to leaders who, if they don't, they don't feel safe to have that vigorous debate or debate or to bring up things, you know, I mean, I guess the big advice would be maybe, you know, look for a different, different, healthier organization, but. Is there any, you know, thoughts or advice you'd give, you know, to that leader? Yeah. Um, I think even in a, in, I think in, a, in an unhealthy environment, I mean, in some ways you, you almost test that by, I think, by appropriately voicing your concern. Mm. And, um, you'll, you'll get clues back if this is a healthy environment. If, you know, if, if they don't want to hear from you. Um, and again, you got to be smart about it. I mean, don't be obnoxious. Right. Be respectful, right. be clear, you know, you know, say your piece. Um, but if, but if it's clear that no, they, they don't want to hear it. And then, and they're really trying to, to quiet any kind of, um, any kind of discontent. Yeah. Um, then that's that I would say at that point, okay, that's a red flag. Um, and in fact, if you get to the place, place, I would say to people, if you're uncomfortable voicing that. If you're an organization and hopefully they do have some kind of an HR, that's what right. I think, take that to HR. Right. And if you get the same kind of response from HR, then you need to get the heck out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Because if, if the HR folks are going like, you know what? No, we, we can't really do anything about that. Then, okay, you, you've got, there's, there's signs of real unhealth there and you need to be working for a different organization and different people and with different people. Right. Exactly. Uh, I, years ago when I lived in Chicago area, I was working on an MBA and one of our classes, we had to read Primal Leadership by Daniel Goleman. And it just, you know, kind of blew me away because I'm like, wait a minute. I thought all leadership was through fear, you know, you know, leading through fear and authoritative force. And then Daniel Goleman, you know, writes on the opposite side. And so maybe that's even something that people can look into before they, ex you know, accept a job or, you know, just trying to get a piece of that, you know, culture to be able to figure out, you know, are we, are we actually able to do this? You tell me what you think. One of the things that we've been throwing around here at Speak With People, especially as we talk with companies and organizations and staff teams and that HR process, I've found helpful for me that I, if, if I have those hard conversations with a supervisor or, you know, someone in my leadership, I, I type everything up. And so I have, you know, I have it on paper. So, you know, voice to voice, it just kind of leaves it for, you know, like, hey, I think we said this back when we had this conversation. But if you have it on paper and then you can read back through it and go, oh, should I really say that? You know, right. but what do you think about that, that, that practice? Do you think that's helpful or, or not? No, I think, I think that could be, I think, I think what you're, the last part you said in particular, I think it's a, it's a helpful discipline to go like, okay, is that really what I want to say? Is that, so you're, so you are intentional with your words, which I think is really important. Yep. Um, I would say though, in the healthiest environments, though, there's it probably it probably depend 
I'd say in the healthiest environments, there's a free flowing back and forth. I mean, yeah. I mean, like you're married, right, Jason? Yes. Okay. So I'm married. Yep. <laughs> and marriage is a series of conflicts. Right. <laughs> I don't write everything down before Sue and I have because con- there's an right. assumption of that this is that this is a safe place. There's an assumption of love. There's just, you know, those kind of things. And so in the best of environments, and I've been in some of those situations, it's just like, I mean, you can just kind of almost let it fly. And if you're out of bounds, they're going to tell you about it the same way your wife was. And then you back off because, you know, even though it doesn't feel good, they're telling you because it's for your own best interest. So yep. you kind of want that. But I would say if, if, it, if the conflict is heightened, if the conflict is serious enough, then at that point, almost in a lot of cases, you will, you know what, I should write this down. So I'm really certain about what I want to say and what I don't want to say. Hmm. Uh, well, I think that can make a lot of sense. Is that, am I clear? Absolutely. About that? No, absolutely. I think that's right on. Okay. Kind of circling back around to where we started. So leaders who have been hesitant to kind of find the genius in community, and they've been kind of, you know, locking themselves in their office, figuring everything out on their own, you know, maybe they're weak in collaboration, you know, they're not ready, quite ready to level up when it comes to, okay, getting to uh, the next place of collaboration and communicating across all those teams. What advice would you give those leaders, you know, to improve their collaboration and communication? I mean, I mean, the challenge I'd probably, I'd probably give them is there is a lid on your leadership if you're not collaborating. Mm -hmm. Um, like, I, I mean, there are, there are, in every space at community, and I think we, 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 we try to do that. I mean, with, with our creative process, I would say, like, particularly, I mean, working with, and I've worked with our creative director, Eric Bramlett, for, you know, over two decades now. Wow. He's, he's brilliant. He's a brilliant guy. And, and there are consistently um, things that either I think are, this is crazy. This is, you know, <laughs> I, I wouldn't do, or even this morning, can actually, I sent him a text this morning. Hey, do you think we should do this across the whole church? He's like, I, because I, I, here's what I'm thinking. He's like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> and so actually I disagree with him, but I trust him enough. And he yep. has a high batting average that I'm going to go with his gut. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, and, and he knows more about that, that area as a whole, way more than I do. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I think with our leadership team too, when you're making strategic decisions too, I mean, uh, to think that all the pressure has got to be on you and you have to be the, the be all end all. Yep. Uh, I mean, even like this way introduced our, what we're doing with the discipleship process, these 7,000 U plus conversations that we want to have all across the whole church. Um, I mean, there's a part of it that I contributed to and I was glad to do that, but there's a, there's so this, the whole thing is, just, yeah, I mean, it never would have it never would have been what it is today and what it's gonna be and we're continually we're continuing to improve it um if it, like, if we didn't have the whole team involved and got the whole input of the team yep so absolutely um, for some if i mean if 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 you find yourself and you alluded to this instead of um kind of leading through liberation you're you're leading more through domination mm. i i wouldn't i'd encourage I'd encourage them, you know what, let's go find an executive coach and let's, or which is code for counseling. Yes. Um, and let's, let's work out why, why yep. do you feel like people have to be afraid of you? And why do you feel like you have to almost manipulate things uh, all the time? 
Yeah. Um, on the other hand, I mean, you know, if you find you're self-protecting instead of liberating, is you know, let's let's go work that out too. So yeah, part of me is like, hey, this is the best way for you to lead. You're going to get the best results, the best yep. outcomes, with what you want. Okay, which is ultimately what gets rewarded. And um, and if you're not, um, well, let's go get some help and figure out what what's holding you back. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. I mean, that is just so rich. And, you know, just backs up, you know, when I think of the first time I read your book, Hero Maker, you know, like everything was just like, you know, <laughs> the radars were going off because I'm like, wait a minute, that's right. I don't, I don't have to be the celebrity pastor who's leading this church. I can get out of the way and help other people succeed. And, you know, whether I did that well or not, it's just so incredibly healthy for an organization when a leader does exactly what you're talking about and just brings them in. I just, I love that. I mean, that is so incredibly important. I, I'll, I'll throw a quick story there. I think part of one of the advantages I actually had leading in, going into the, going into the ministry, because we, we, we planned the church when I was 25. So I'm, I was, I'm, I'm a kid. Mm. And I think in some ways I took the culture, actually my brother, John and I, I think we took the culture from our family and that became the culture in our church. Mm. Um, my mom and dad, you know, they've been married, you know, 60 years. Wow. They're terrific people. And um, my mom in particular, though, you play sports, Jason, when you're. Oh, I did. Yeah. Baseball, soccer. Yeah. The whole thing. So if you had a good coach and I don't know if you had a good one or not, but if you had a good coach, my mom was like a good coach. So like she did love me relentlessly. But it wasn't like she got a good on me. It was more like she grabbed me by the collar and a, like a coach would like, hey, Jason, you got this. You yeah. got me. And so it was like she assumed the best. She trusted I was up to something good and mm. I could do. And I think because John and I grew up in that, I think when we started community, we kind of had that approach with everybody else. It's kind of like wow. when we saw somebody that had an idea, we were like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you're going to be awesome. Wow. I mean, even naively. Yep. And I think trust is a big, big, big part. And assuming the best is a big part of really a culture of library. Yeah. Well, this was, I mean, seriously, Dave, so incredibly rich. And I know it will be so helpful to, to many of our listeners. Before, before we let you go, I just wanted to hit you a couple of rapid fire uh, questions so our listeners can kind of keep getting to know you. And so uh, what's your, do you have kind of a favorite or a go-to podcast right now that has, you know, kind of become one of your favorites? Other than speak with people, <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, um, a couple of them that I, a couple that I, that I like. Um, there's 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 one there's called an HBR Harvard Business Review podcast mm. called After Hours, and there's three profs that get on there, and they just kind of banter and have a good time and talk about current events and even make make interesting recommendations. So After Hours, I enjoy that one. Um, there's another one called um, Masters of Scale. I don't know if you've seen that one by with. By Reed Hoffman. Okay. Yeah. Reed Hoffman, he's a venture capitalist. He started LinkedIn, had a lot to do with Facebook, a whole bunch of things. Okay. Um, but he has he has people on there called, and it's called Masters of Scale because it's almost always people who've taken something and then scaled it. Wow. Which I find very also very fascinating. Wow. Um, those are those are a couple um in addition to kind of some of the usual the usual ones. Yep. Uh is there a book right now that you know, has just wrecked you or you, you just highly recommend after reading it? Um, I'm reading Atomic Habits, which most people have read. It's sold 10 million copies, but I'm just <laughs> to it. Um, earlier this year, um, 
uh, uh, Mark Sayers book, uh, a non-anxious presence. Ah. Yeah. From Australia. He did, uh, this, this cultural moment podcast with John Mark Comer and he's been on Carrie Newhoff's podcast a few times. I'm going to be in Australia in a couple of months. I'm hoping, I'm hoping I can reach out to him and get, connect with him, but it is a, um, it's not a real practical book, which is, that's why I want to ask him. I want to ask him. So what are the practical things to do? You know, to be this non-anxious presence in a time of chaos. Um, but I found it, I found it very interesting. Mm. Yes. Okay. Lastly, you know, being from Chicago and I, and I only live there, you know, five years or, or whatever, but you know, are do you point people to Illuminati's or to Giordano's or is there, is there another one that, that you would say, Hey, well, head, yeah, head I'm, 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 I'm more of a lose guy and okay. one of his kids worked there. So we used to get 50% off. So that was cool. <laughs> the Illuminati's, especially. If you're going deep dish, I go little more nice. Now, if you're going to go thin, I think you ought to check out Aurelio's. Mm, okay. Next to the South Suburbs where I grew up. And um, yeah, I think Aurelio's is the best thin crust. I love it. I love it. Well, hey, Dave, is there anywhere um, that you'd like to point people to if people want more information about you and your ministry and, and church and all that kind of stuff? Um, I mean, they'll find me you know, on all the social media stuff. Uh, but daveferguson.org, if you want to um, find out more about stuff I've written or speaking, that kind of stuff, you can go to daveferguson.org. Absolutely. Well, Dave, seriously, again, thank you so much for your time today on the podcast. And just, you know, uh, from a leader from afar who has just, you know, scooped up so much of your wisdom and teaching and leadership over the years. I mean, I have journals filled with, you know, exponential talks uh, for years and years. And so, I'm just, I'm just very appreciative and very, very grateful. So thank you. No, thanks. Thanks for having me on and keep the good work. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, thanks again for joining this week's podcast. Just want to remind you that coming up very soon is the Speakers Conference. If you are a, a leader who is looking to learn how to become a more effective, more compelling, more captivating communicator, uh, one who inspires uh, their audience to lean in when you communicate, this would be a great two and a half days for you in Clearwater Beach. Head to thespeakersconference.com. And we just can't thank you enough for being a part of the podcast. Seriously, if you head over and you've loved what you've heard and it's made a difference, we just thanks uh, thank you in advance for any review or downloads that you do. And so really appreciate it. This podcast, again, exists because we believe uh, healthy communication is oxygen for our relationships and our leadership. And so whether you communicate one-on-one on a team from a stage or from behind the screen, when you choose the healthy way, you really will see a difference in your world and the world. So thanks so much. And we will see you next week on the Speak With People podcast.